0: And things definitely evolve. You might uh, spot an avenue of business that, that wasn't available when you first began. You might employ people who have a particular skill set that allows your business to grow in a way you didn't expect it to. Your brand and your company is going to evolve. Evolution is, is natural in, in business and brands, and it's only right that you should go back to the drawing board at least at a strategic level and assess if your, your communications and your brand and your messaging continues to match what you need it to.
1: Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal and what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Mike Melody. welcome back. This is episode 30 of the Get Real About Business podcast and if you're new to the show a special welcome to you. Today we're all about branding. It's something that at some level we all know that we need a brand for but when we think about brand we tend to think about certain things like a logo or maybe what our business card should look like. But what I discovered very quickly when I set up my business is that branding was a lot bigger than that. A brand is more than the name or the visual elements that we use to represent your company. It's the emotional and psychological associations that a person makes with your business, your product or your service. And I really wanted to dig into that, so I was really pleased when I was introduced to a really nice guy, Nick Crow of Mainsail, which is a branding company. Now this is a really jam-packed interview, so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time chatting with you right now, other than just to say watch out for the branding exercise that Nick introduces fairly early on in the conversation with him. It's brilliant. I love it. I encourage you to do it. If you haven't got a brand yet, this is going to be a perfect exercise for you. And if you have got a brand and you're looking to make sure that your brand is as strong as it really should be, then pay attention to this interview because it's going to be really helpful. Here's me talking to Nick Crow of Sale. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you about branding, which I think is one of the most important subjects. It's one of the things that um, I, you know, I know when I started my business many years ago, I knew I needed a brand, but I didn't know how to go about getting it. And I thought, well, I need to start with getting a logo. And I thought that's what it was about. And as I've discovered over the years, branding is a lot more than that. And you're somebody who helps people with branding all the time. Tell me a little bit, you know,
0: what, what is branding? Um, Well, firstly, you you said it yourself just there that it's an incredibly important part of any business um, and and really kind of contributes towards the success of any business. But unfortunately, it's incredibly undervalued. Um, And and I think especially with SMEs, uh, usually kind of individual consultants or or whether it's just someone at the very early stages of setting up their business, they definitely tend to think that branding is just as you thought, it's a logo. Uh, perhaps some colours, um, making things look nice. Um, that, that unfortunately, it tends to be people's definition of branding. Um, but branding really is not only how things look and what I would refer to as a visual identity, so how that includes your logo, your colour palettes, um, visual devices, any uh, text or print materials, digital, um, your... Uh, your kind of background images on your social media pages, etc. Everything that that, that, that encompasses uh, visually, it's also everything that you say about your company. Um, it's how you want your company to be perceived by your stakeholders, your audiences, investors, yourself, your employees, um, and and really how you, what you communicate your your company to be. Uh, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of having a set of um, values and a real mission uh, and vision statement. It, they usually, when you, when you say um, vision, mission, values to a small company or an independent consultant, they usually think, oh, that's something Coca-Cola should do, um, which they do, but they do it for a good reason. And it's not just because they, that they have millions of customers and that they operate in, in lots and lots of different markets. It's so that it breeds consistency, which is key for branding. Um, and it, it builds recognition. And that's really what every business needs, no matter what size they are. They need, people need to know about them um, and they need to eventually need to recognize them against what is probably going to be a very saturated market or industry. With lots of different people offering similar products, branding is a, a great way to, to stand apart, not only in how you look, but how you sound.
1: And that's very interesting. I think the key point there that I pick out is this whole thing about recognition. When people come across something associated with you or your company, they've got to know or actually immediately know, well, this is Nick from Maintail or this is Clive from Get Real About Business. And you want them to kind of have that association. And what was interesting is that you, you said it's not just about the visual. So it's not just about the logos and you mentioned other things as well, like your Facebook posts and various different things like that. It's everything you put out, but it's also the things that you say. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah. And so how I like to approach branding uh, and, and brand development. So any project I approach with clients um, or, or any conversation that I'm having with people like yourself um, is to think of branding in in three stages, three steps, um, and that's the, the approach I take to, to brand development. Um, The first step being vocal, so that is everything you say, everything um, that you want to be uh, known about your company, Um, so your vision, mission values, your tone of voice, um, your sales messaging any strap lines, the name of your company even, that's all the vocal stage. Um, The second stage being the visual, Uh, so that is the visual identity, that's your logo, your colour palettes, your icons, everything like that. And then the third and final stage <clears throat> is the implementation. So if if you approach things as a branding project, so you go through the the first stage of vocal, the second stage of visual, you you have a, you then you are left with a brand. But then what do you do with that? So the third stage is the implementation of of how that brand, the vocal and the visual, is rolled out across your entire company. That third stage, the implementation, um, is everything. Every single. I, I don't like using the term. it's, it's very. Uh, <clears throat> very West Coast American, but every touch point. Um, so every, every platform uh, that your audience, your customers, your employees, everything that they come across that is connected with your business, whether that be uh, online, printed, um, at an exhibition, your business card, whatever it might be, is your brand. Um, your brand is your company, your company is your brand. They're, they're one and the same. So you need to ensure that your brand is always represented consistently um, to ensure that the the messaging is never mixed, uh, you'd, you'd be really surprised how often I come across companies SMEs where they have several different logos that are all different uh, kind of quality. The colours vary in their shades. There's no real consistency. Even the strap lines can differ. Um, and it's surprising how they sometimes feel that that's sometimes even a good thing because they don't want to be they don't want to pigeonhole themselves or tie themselves to one message when actually that's exactly what helps build a, a solid brand.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we can all get the, the value in having a brand as a big company. But I, I deal with a lot of solo entrepreneurs and smaller businesses. And I, I know what it's like. When, I, again, I refer back to when I first started out. And I think, yeah, but it's just little me. It's little mm-hmm. me. You know, I can understand why if I'm a big company. And I, you know, I'll come back to this point on the mission statement in a minute. But if I'm a big company, I can understand why I might need a mission statement yeah so can you talk to me a little bit more like if it's just me or if it's just one other person out there who's who's like just running their own business they haven't got a team right now it's a tiny thing why they need a brand
0: yeah of course and i understand that as well um being someone who's trying to grow a, a young company i completely understand and i think a lot of people are scared by that notion of appearing bigger than they than they feel they ought to yeah uh, and that is a scary notion and it almost feels like uh it, it's undeserved if you build a, a great brand but you, you're, you're a young business so do you actually deserve that and obviously yes you do <laughs> and win clients you need that but the importance of having a brand for for small businesses is that it's a way for them to tell to be to be separated as you say you, you, when your audience comes to you, you want them to know, right, this is Clive Maloney of Get Real About Business. You need them to instantly recognize that. Um, I, uh, I imagine that you're not the only one doing or offering your, your type of services. No. So how do you differentiate? What's your unique uh, proposition? That, everyone knows the term unique, USP, uh, yeah. unique sales proposition. Um, so, so branding is, is really the, the foundation of how you begin to communicate that um you yes you can have uh you can sell your you can have your elevator pitch and you can write emails and offer your services to people um up front and describe exactly what you do uh but chances are especially in this digital age where people are actively researching for for people before they even broach a conversation they want to do their own research look at their website their platforms to see get the kind of have a gauge of what this person is about, what this company does, um, you need to have something there. So if you're not available to talk to them, your material and your brand does all the talking for you um, and reels them in uh, and and gets them interested and almost considering you as as a a supplier that they would want to to talk to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm on board the fact that we need a brand um, and that's great because the thing is, uh, people get to recognize, as you said, it's all about recognition get to recognize you immediately. And I think people need, I think we need labels and we need like hooks for people the way that they sit, you know, where they sit in the world and, and what they mean to us. And I think when you first start out, it's just you. Uh, I still remember that thinking it was just me. Like who, <laughs> who, who the hell am I? And I still feel that sometimes. Who yep. the heck am I? Uh, but when you have a brand then you have kind of have a, a consistent message and people associate you with that brand. Um, I want to, I want to, Jump into these three stages. You've got the, the vocal stage, visualization, and implementation. Yeah, yeah. So if we're going to build a brand, I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about that. So let's start with the vocal stage. Tell us about you know, what is it about. Where do we start?
0: Yeah. So this is probably something that perhaps just hearing those three stages, your your listeners might think again. This is something that yeah is meant for a big company and, and not necessarily for me but that's certainly not the case. And this can be actually a a very simple step-by-step operation. Um, And the vocal stage really, that's that's your research stage. That is your time for discovery. Um, I would really recommend to anybody just buy a shed load of post-it notes. Um, It it sounds crazy and you you almost think that's that's too simple, Um, but really having a, just give yourself a day if you're just at the early stages of starting up a company, perhaps get family members or friends, it's just someone else with you to discuss things. If you have a small team already, get your, your um, closest stakeholders, your directors, whoever it might be, in a room for a day with a lot a, lot, a lot of post-its. Um, that's your time to really discover what your company is about, Um So there's a really simple brand attributes exercise that I I like to run with clients on, on the initial uh, kind of kickoff period. And that is find a wall on the left hand side. You, you write individual words or, or short terms that you want your company to be known about. So that is, this is what we want our audiences to know all about us on the right hand side. You write the opposite words. This is what we don't want our company to be known for, um, and that that can include everything. That's services. That's um, attributes. So, so whether you're trustworthy, obviously, no one wants to be known as untrustworthy. But still, write it down. Um, every single term. When whether if you have a, a a long heritage and you want to be known for how long you've been established, etc. Um, You can have a small column in the middle for the maybes, there are always maybes, but but really you want to focus on, right, this is exactly what we want to be known for, this is what we don't want to be known for. It sounds very simple, but having conversations between teams, you would be shocked how often that differs. Um, I've worked with companies, uh, one of my biggest clients has been established nearly 120 years, um, still privately owned, still family owned and on this initial kickoff meeting you'd be astonished how much some of the terms differed and some people thought yes we need to be known for that and others thought no we certainly don't Um, and that especially for small companies when it's perhaps just one or two people and even in your own minds I am still sometimes unsure god god do I want main to be known for this or or do I not is this what I want to be communicating it really just helps for clarity Um, everybody Um, I know everybody learns differently, whether visually or or vocally or or however, but just writing things down, getting it on a wall, take a photo of that. That's something you can work from. Um, Right. Okay. that's that's your tie. That's your foundation that you can always go back for. If you want to run a uh, launch a new product uh, and you're searching for some messaging on, on how best to position it or how best to sell it. Go back to that that discovery, that your wall of post its, and think, okay, that's what we want to communicate about it. We want it to be known for this attribute. This attribute. We certainly don't want it to be known for this one. Um, it, it really helps, and especially if you're you're at the initial stages of of starting a your own company, especially for naming um, and sales messaging, it just helps kind of get rid of any of the fog in your head um, if you can put it all down and have something solid to, to, to refer back to.
1: Um, I love that because what you've got then is something that every time you create any kind of communication, whether it's an advert that's going to go out on Facebook or you're going to write a copy for your website or maybe stand up at a networking event and yep. talk about what you do, that you've got that as a reference point to what the thing is the key message that you've got to get out. But I think that what's useful as well is that you've also put in there the stuff that you don't want to be associated with. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 really good. I love that exercise.
0: Yeah. And, and and you can take it further once you have that that list of everything you want to be known for. You, your likelihood is you'll end up with 50 or so terms. Um, it's it's really surprising how quickly that list can grow. The next step would be to just refine that down. You'll see some similarities between certain terms, group those all together, and then try and refine them into single words. What I like to do is, is through that exercise and by the end of the day, you've refined all of those terms that you want to be known for down into five or six keywords. And they're your keywords for your company. They might be things like, the classic ones are innovative, kind of trustworthy, whatever it might be. But it, but if, for your company, if you're, a, I don't know, a, a cement mixer company, something like that. There's there's something you're going to be want you want to be known for. Just refine that down into five or six keywords, and they'll really form almost like the pillars of, of your messaging, the pillars of your company or your brand.
1: Now you mentioned USP earlier, a unique selling proposition the thing that differentiates us from everything else or everybody else who is in the same kind of space as us. And you also went about innovation. How many companies talk about innovation? Oh. (laughs) And and I get it. I'd like to think I was innovative. I I know that I am innovative because actually all I'm doing is sharing proven strategies. So I'm not sure that's innovation for me. But um, let let me give you an example. I hear web designers talk all the time, particularly like when they've – They've got to do perhaps an intro, a network meeting or something like that. And they'll stand up and say, I'm, you know, I'm a web designer. And the thing that separates me from everybody else is I speak in plain English. You yep. know, you don't get any of the jargon from me or anything like that. I'm easy. You know, it's easy to work with me. And I, I get that, that. That would be a valuable thing if you're speaking to somebody who's of a technical mindset. Yeah. But is it unique? No way, because every web designer says exactly the same thing. Yeah. So how do you take this exercise and find something unique?
0: That, that's probably, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. It's probably the most difficult part, um, especially if, if you're, you're someone who chooses to invest in the services of perhaps someone like myself to help you in these discovery sessions. I could suggest something to you as the, the owner of the business, and you could you could say, oh, "Oh no, that's too risky," or "No, I don't think you're right. You might be too humble about it." Um, there is always something. Uh, you take you, using the 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 example of web developers speaking plain English. Yeah, I would imagine that's a pretty popular one because of all the the jargon and the the terms involved in web development that layman like i certainly don't know or appreciate um there has to be a way if it, especially if you want to include this as as a, a pillar of your brand and something you go back to there there is a unique way to form speaking plain english into um uh, some uh, uh, saying that to to your or portraying that to your audience in a way that no one else has so it might be i uh, put me on the spot here but it might be something like Describing web development in a clear, concise way that any librarian can understand. Okay. If you're approaching libraries as, you're, as they're one of your target market, um, something that your audience can relate to. So, so it's, it takes time and it's difficult. Um, and I'd be loathe to, to say that there's a key way that you can quickly discover your USP that 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 is not going to happen it's something that develops over time you're going to have a better sense of it than i am especially at this initial stage um so for yourself you're incredibly conversational in how you portray things this is why you use podcasts and interviews to to discover and share information um other consultants that are are giving business advice etc maybe take more of a an educational view in a traditional sense in uh, using a lot of text and reference back to um, uh, citing other professionals, but your your way of distributing advice and knowledge is to converse with other professionals and share that in an easy, easily kind of digestible format. Yeah. Um, that's a unique selling point for you.
1: Do you think that it's something that evolves over time? And the reason I asked that is that I I know when I first started doing this, I didn't do that exercise. I think that would have been really valuable for me when I, I start set up when I set up my business. Is that I, I decided on what I wanted to stand stand for. And then over time I began to realise ways in which I could differentiate from other people a little bit more clearly. So do you think that it is something that is Perhaps it's something that evolves over time that you'll first of all sit and do the brainstorming and that will give you like your start and then it carries on from now.
0: What's your thoughts? Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, and and it's, it's always worth that discovery session and, and those brand exercises aren't something you should just do once. Do them once a year, perhaps, or once every couple of years to, to reassess where your company is now. Um, as opposed to where it was the last time you did that. Uh, and things definitely evolve. You might uh, spot an avenue of business that, that wasn't available when you first began. Um, you might employ people who have a particular skill set that allows your business to grow in a way you didn't expect it to. Um, you, your brand and your company is going to evolve. Evolution is, is natural in, in business and brands. Uh, and it's only right that you should go back to the drawing board, at least uh, in a strategic level, uh, and assess if your your communications and your brand and your messaging is actually matching uh continues to match what you need it to if it's not com- if you're communi- communicating that you're a small independent business advice guru whereas actually you're now in a in an office with a team of 10 people and you can provide a, a wealth of services that you didn't used to be able to your brand needs to evolve with that and you need to update things and and almost have the especially if it, if it's that you've grown, you need to have the, almost the bravery and know that there's justification there to portray yourself as a bigger entity. I think we as humans often, especially people who are starting their own business, are often perhaps too humble um, and don't back themselves enough as an expert or as someone who has successfully grown a business. Um, that, that's, if, you're a, if you're a 15 person strong team, You've done very well um, and your brand needs to portray that, yes, we are highly competent at what we do. We've survived. We've been established for six years and we've helped these clients be proud, incorporate that into your brand uh, and make sure that any person who, again, lands on those touch points with you if they've never heard of you before, quickly recognises that, yes, these guys know what they're doing and I can see that they're specialists in areas A, B, C uh, and here's how they can help me. Fantastic.
1: Excellent. Now, so you start with this exercise, determining the things that you stand for and things that you don't. And actually, I was was just thinking what would be interesting is that if you've got a team around you, you can bring everybody on, on board there and that will create a certain amount of brainstorming. That would be great. But what would be interesting as well is have your thoughts on this is to perhaps bring in some some prospective customers some ideal customers or or people that who are great match for you and get them involved in the mix as well
0: definitely you can never do too much research um, if you have current customers that you have a great relationship with and they're happy to perhaps come in you can have a small focus group ask them some questions what they liked about how you communicated with them what they uh, liked about your visual identity what they didn't like what they feel we can do better you can never have too much of that Again, especially if you're a small independent business, uh, it's usually family, friends, very close customers who you may be, who maybe are friends. There's always going to be a level of caution in the feedback that they give you. And to develop a great brand, you need people to be brutally honest, not necessarily tear you to shreds, but to give constructive criticism or constructive uh, advice and, and points that you can actually. Kind of action you can you can go ahead and say okay if, if we're not being recognized for this and we really need to be how do we do that um and customers are usually a great way to to determine those factors because they probably appreciate your service um but, but they're always going to be honest in what you can do better. Uh, so if, if you have that ability to get people in and perhaps have a focus group, you might be able to offer them a discount or, or some sort of uh, reward or even just your thanks for coming in and giving you some advice. Chances are they're going to be more than happy to do that because they feel a stronger connection with you um, and they generally, humans, like to help other humans.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So this is where we start with our, our vocal uh, with our vocal identity. What's
0: next? yeah so so that uh, initial discovery stage, as I say, you can refine that, and that that you can drive that down into some keywords that that go on to steer everything else you do afterwards. The next stages after that would be fairly simple operations but but something I feel is really important, and that's your vision, your mission, and your values um, so if if we go in reverse order that those values often stem from the keywords directly. We are ex-company, and the things we value are, yeah, trustworthiness, um, credibility, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, so you have those values. The uh, mission statement, so that is a three-sentence, five-sentence paragraph. We are ex-company. Our mission is to deliver excellence in the industry that we are in we will always offer uh, these values to our customers. And our mission is to be in this position within the next five years. Always put a time on it. Um, I imagine you've gone over smart goals before and your audience know what smart goals are.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a time for your mission to be, to be smart, make it, uh, make it timely, make it relevant, etc. All those points are smart goals. Um, and just to have something written, even if you only have it. It's great to have things on a desktop wallpaper. Put a mission on a desktop wallpaper, so you look at it every day. This is our mission. This is what we look to do, uh, and, and where we're going to be in the next three to five years.
1: Love that. Um, Just about the smart goals. What I'll do is I'll make sure that I'll put that up on the show notes. If anybody's not familiar with that, uh, so that'll be there. If, if you're not familiar with with smart goals, I'll put that there. Yeah. Uh, now with the. With, with the vision statement, and I love the fact that you're making it visual there because I remember even working in, in corporate circles, they have vision statements and mission statements and things like that, but usually these things end up in a bound book somewhere or maybe in a frame somewhere, um, and you ask somebody, you know, what's your vision statement, what's your mission statement, and they say, oh, yeah, I think we've got one of those there, um, but they couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. And I think my big beef about this is that I think these you – know, Coming up with your vision, your mission statement is is really valuable, but you've got to be looking at it, and you've got to use that as a reference point for the the rest of your business. And everybody in your employee must know it, and and absolutely making it visual is key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something I really like that that one of my clients has done has had them printed all on on massive plaques to put around their their uh, plants. <laughs> um, so you walk into one of their plants in in Wales or in uh, Gloucester. And they have the vision The vision um, on the wall next to the values uh, and next to something uh, they developed called the, the strategy house where they've got their vision at the top, their goals in the middle, forming the pillars, and then their values at the bottom. Um, so their employees sit every day, they sit every day, uh, and no one can argue, oh, I didn't know what that, that was a goal. I didn't know that that was what we were working towards. Uh, and it, it really helps not only your uh, yourselves as a small business that's trying to develop a brand or your or your marketing managers or directors in that exercise, it helps the whole company. Everyone sings off the same hymn sheet. Um, they know what they're working towards, so they can't argue that, oh, I, I thought we were turning into a different company. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so essentially your vision statement, your mission statement is actually what you live. And the only way to yeah. do that is to make sure everybody's completely familiar with it. So yeah, making it visual, love that. Yeah. You, so you sit down you write your vision statement which is how long
0: uh vision and mission can be even just a couple of sentences it doesn't have to be exhaustive um usually your vision and mission statements are usually very similar um vision is very much here's where we want to be in 10 years your mission is more immediate that's that's how i'd approach them um i would make both yeah maximum five sentences um, and try and be as as detailed as possible in as short a time as possible. There's no need to waffle. No one's going to see this. This is for you to refer back to your company uh, to refer back to. And clarity is key.
1: Okay. So, vision statement is very much about future future tense, where we want to be in the future. You know, yep. where we try to position ourselves. A mission statement is about what what we're here to do right now. Yes. Um, yep. Obviously, the two must tie. And probably the key there is to write it in, in, in active tense rather than passive.
0: Definitely, definitely. There's a particular branding faux pas that a lot of, a lot of people will uh, say you should never talk about the brand as a we. So anything that goes out to your audience, you never say we do this or uh, in, a, in a, a royal kind of sense, yeah. um, you should always say the brand's name uh, get real about business is a, not I am a or we are a. That is true for anything your audience is going to see, but for a vision and a mission statement and your values, you want it to be personal. Unless you're, you're actively communicating your values and putting them on your packaging or something, which some people like to do. Otherwise, this is for you. This is for to be only to be used internally. Uh, and feel free to say, we will do this. I will do this. Uh, this is where we want to be in 10 years' time. That's
1: a really good point there. And actually, so I know that what some companies do is that they have two different versions of it. The the mission statement that goes out on their website, which is very much talking about their audience. and, and, and In that case, they might talk about, you know, Maintel is here to blah, blah, blah. So Maintel branding does whatever. But the internal version they've got is the we version. Exactly. You know, we're here to do this. And, you know, this is what we stand for.
0: Exactly. And interestingly, the the external version that is usually shared with audiences, um, this is a a public relations term, but that is usually a, a paragraph of 150, 200 words that is often referred to as a boilerplate. Uh, and that goes usually at the bottom of a, a press release or on the website, just as you said, that is a, a brief description of what the company does, uh, what it stands for and, and how long it's existed or anything like that. Um, it's, it's exactly what you say. It's a, a diluted form of the, the vision, mission values put in a, in a, a nice paragraph for, for your audiences to read. It's not necessarily used internally.
1: Love that. Love that. But I've not heard of that before so that's great so you sit down you do your vision statement and your mission statement um and if you want you can write different versions of that but essentially we must own the vision and mission statement what next
0: the next step would be still in the vocal stage but that would be um your sales messaging and, and potentially strap line that, that your company operates under strap line is isn't essential uh some companies think they need it, they don't. Um, it, it does help sometimes if you want extra um, materials or extra kind of copy to put on packaging or, or uh, imagery or materials that you're creating, but you don't have to have one. You're, you're, as long as you know what you're operating about and your audience know what, you're, what you do, uh, usually a, a strap line isn't exactly essential. Um, but but having all of that discovery stage that we first did from that, you can often dilute a sentence or refine a sentence that uh, here's what we stand for. so get real about business. I imagine do you have a strap line? Sorry if you have well, I apologize
1: it's, it's interesting you ask that I'm sort of thinking as you're talking um, I do have a strap line that I only ever share if I'm say networking and if I'm standing up in a group and introduce myself. At the end of my talk I always end up exactly the same and, and if anybody's not been at an event with me, they won't know this because it's the only place I ever share it. And so, you know, I end up saying, I'm Clive Maloney, my company called get rid of that business and I'm the difference that makes the difference. And so oh. it's that last thing, I'm the difference that makes the difference. And yeah. you know, it's kind of so generic, it could apply to any business. But, you know, it's great because people who go networking with me, they they end up saying it for me because they know it's coming.
0: And I and that's that's that branding at its best you you are now known as the guy that says that that's what you stand for um and, and it works yeah there's no more to be no more to be said if if you like it and your audiences seem to like it and it it, it definitely portrays what you are trying to or what the service you offer to businesses perfect
1: yeah and the interesting thing for me is that as i sitting there listening to you is that I don't put it anywhere visual at all on my website or anything else like that. It's just, it kind of has that, 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 part that place for me, but uh, I don't know, maybe that's something I need to think about.
0: <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially. And as I say, it's not essential that you do it, but if you, it, it works nicely as a, as potentially a campaign or, or the the kind of core message behind a group of materials that you want to create, especially for at a show, I imagine you're talking to people that you probably have never met before in the audience. Um, so, to have materials that are right, these are my difference that makes the difference set of materials, this, this is what I first introduced to people to, to kind of let them know what I do, then, then yeah, it definitely works.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. So, you've got your strap line there, you've you done your vision statement, your mission statement, the next is the strap line. What's after that?
0: So that, that's usually that's the, the vocal elements done. I mean, uh, sales messaging especially is going to be fairly, uh, is more of a long-winded operation because you need to, unless you're, you're the only person selling your product and you have something set in your head, right? This is what I'm selling. This is how I'm going to sell it. This is what I say to people. If you have a, even a small team, one or two more people, you need that to be solidified in everyone's minds, right? This is our sales messaging. It can even go down to, email templates um, especially if, if you're I know you've had people on on before talking about inbound marketing but if, yeah. if you're not quite at that stage yet and you're still um, emailing people cold or calling people um, which is absolutely fine it's, it's, it's a necessity having templated emails that have those core sales messages all, all already input, input that people can alter and personalized but but are all essentially consistent in what they offer um again that only helps in consistency in 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 making sure that the company is communicating with every single person that it needs to in the same way uh which only helps build like we were saying recognition recognition Um, yeah yeah okay that's Um, probably the vocal stage done after after that
1: yeah. 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 And I think the, you know, the template email is great. You can always personalize template emails, but it does make things life a lot easier for you when you've got a starting point. At this stage, we've done the vocal and that includes the visualization, the mission statement. Um, and, sorry, what's that last part? Oh, was that uh, was the strap besting, line.
0: Wasn't it? Besting strap line yeah.
1: yeah. So tell us about the visuals, the visual element. What do we do there?
0: So yeah, the next stage, so Vocal's done, that's all of our research done, and we know what the company stands for. We know what we want to communicate. The next stage, Visual, this is essentially what many people think of as branding, and it, it, it's, it's the probably the more exciting bit, um, especially for business owners who think, just, just as you thought, right, I need a logo. This is the bit that people really kind of understand for the most part. So we take what we have, all of that research, all of those keywords, and you go to a designer or a, a brand specialist and you say, right, here's what I've got. I now need a visual identity to be formed out of this, a visual identity that communicates all of these points without me necessarily being there to give the elevator pitch. Cost and investment, for, especially for small business owners, is always top of mind, um, rightly so. And it's, it often leads to people using services such as Fiverr or 99designs um, to get a logo done. Now, the last thing I want to do is belittle services like that because there is a place for them. Um, if you ha- are extremely budget limited and you can't necessarily afford for a consultant to come in or, or to work with a designer for a period of days or weeks to refine concepts down into into a visual identity that's going to work for you um, then sometimes it's the only option but there is a certain genericness to to a lot of the visual identities that come out of of services like 99designs. I know a couple of of startups that actually were given practically the same logo uh, after using 99designs. There was a very small change, literally, to an extra line that had been added in. Uh, and both on both company websites, they essentially have the same logo. You, you have to understand that a lot of the people working behind this are, are designers that potentially have a lot of templates that are, are very quick to bash out, and that's how they make their money. And that's absolutely fine. But to really take all of the vocal development that you've done and turn that into a visual identity that works for you, it takes time and it takes a lot of back and forth, uh, and really it takes a good designer to, to really translate that into, some, into a logo and a colour palette and, and everything else that goes along with the visual identity. Yeah, And,
1: and I would support that, and I know that you're, um, you're being careful not to put these other designers down, and that's quite right. And if all you can afford is to go on Fiverr or, or Nice Darn no Designs or whatever and get that there, then of course that's what you do. Yeah. But I think it's all about return of investment
0: yeah
1: you get what you pay for yeah yeah so the thing is if you're going to be using a like a logo and a set of fonts and a set of colors and a certain visual appearance moving forward this is something that you could be using who knows for the next 20 years
0: exactly that's that's the hope yeah
1: so we we want to get it right at the beginning and i know i've I've had many clients who've gone to these places and they've bought a logo whatever within a few months they're going back and they're looking for something else yeah so i yeah. think the thing is you you need to ask yourself okay what realistically can i afford um and you know be, be willing to push it as far as you can so that you get the right design and the right visual and work you know with people who are not just going to say well i'm going to give you three revisions and then that's it
0: exactly exactly and it, it really is an investment And it needs to be thought of as an investment. I'm not saying bankrupt yourself if if you're a small company or a consultant. Don't bankrupt yourself and and put all of your money into this. But you do need to realistically assess what this is going to be worth. And and respect the fact that your brand, your visual identity, um, that is going to be everywhere and represent you if your face isn't alongside the conversation you're having, that is worth an incredible amount. Um, So you need to be sure that people are Responsive to it, um, respect it. They don't think because I don't know if you necessarily think this, or some of your listeners have thought this before. But some logos you can just tell, uh, perhaps haven't been invested in or designed by a competent designer. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And you also need to make sure that again it's consistent. So all the materials that you create now, and again, I understand the necessity for some people to create their own materials. But what a good designer and a good brand consultant should be able to do is provide you with a set of guidelines and a simple set of rules so that you can go away and create, if you need to, create your own materials in in a consistent way to make sure your brand is represented consistently or that you can go to another designer and say, this is my brand, these are my guidelines, please could you create me a new flyer or a new roller banner, whatever it might be. Um, Like you say, a good brand should last a good number of years you shouldn't be going back and thinking oh i'd like to change this one of the most simple ones and one that really saddens me is when you find that people don't they don't have a folder or they don't even have high quality uh, logos or they don't they don't know where they are on that system oh my designer sent me this through is this okay just a very small jpeg that that it perhaps is only 200 pixels wide so anytime they want to use it on a print item it, it looks awful um that, you shouldn't end up in that situation so what
1: really you should have is you should have a a document that outlines everything that outlines the, your use of logos um you know if, if you've got say like a, a logo for uh, put on on a dark background a logo for a light background that should be there you should talk right. about the font choices where things should be positioned Uh, it should be quite comprehensive and then also to have a place where all of your visual elements are are stored in perhaps a single folder
0: Uh, yeah absolutely at the very least um and and something i sorry we'll go back to the the visual stages and operation in a moment but but something i do is i provide uh, a comprehensive set of guidelines um that a another professional designer can use to create anything so but they are comprehensive this is sometimes 30 plus pages of 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 guidelines on how the brand devices are used and where they're positioned etc I also provide a very simple usually two to three page set of rules that anybody in an organization be it because there's often often uh, a lot of companies uh, let their salespeople create their own materials uh, business cards or flyers, whatever it might be so I provide a very simple document that says okay yes you're not a designer but if you want to create your own materials here's how you at least make sure that the brand is represented acceptably um, and consistently so there's the full comprehensive brand guidelines the basic brand guidelines and then for storage there's um, something that's that's Almost a bit of a buzzword at the moment is DAM, which is digital asset management. And there's okay. a lot, a lot of platforms available where you can pay for services that are searchable, and you have all of your assets, especially for big brands where there's many colors, many logos, many sub brands, etc., all, all stored online. The, the, what I would advise to anybody, any small company, any individual is Google Drive. Uh, it, you get a certain amount of storage free. Yeah for the smallest package it's something not only do you get your email address etc and and a great email client um you also get a something like 30 gigabytes of storage which is is more than capable of of holding all of your assets just arrange them in folders and then they're stored online in the cloud wherever you need to get them easily accessible and it's searchable uh, and every you don't need to worry everything's stored there
1: yeah yeah top stuff yeah it's a great recommendation there what else we need to know about the visual elements
0: Really, in the process I would take, so when when we start the visual stage, I would have all of the vocal developments and all of that research, um, and then I'd go away for a a period of time uh, and come back to the client with a series of concepts, so that might be three to five visual concepts, and these would be born from the research we did, um, but different styles, so one might be extremely modern and contemporary, uh, one might be more reserved, but all using the keywords and the, and the foundation that we, that we kind of researched and solidified in the vocal stage. Once you have those, those concepts, that's, again, another time that you really want to sit down for at least a few hours, if not a day, and go through them. And that's another time for more conversation between you, yourself, um, the designer, potentially your team, if you have one. So people can say, I think that works. I think that doesn't work. I really like that style. I like those colours you've used there. So you take those concepts and you refine them down over a period of, I mean, for big brands, this is why big brands might spend hundreds of thousands of pounds paying designers and and creative agencies over a period of years to develop a new brand. You don't need to do that. uh, A a small SME stage, it should probably take a period of weeks um, to just see some concepts, refine them down, let your designer know, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, until you're left with something that everybody agrees, yeah, that's us, this is really going to work. And that steers everything that we've spoken about just there, all of the brand guidelines. The designer will create the icons, um, your uh, image overlays, your um, social media uh, kind of background images, anything that you you could use, that's developed all sort of at the same stage. Yeah.
1: And when you've got that, you're going to have something that you feel really proud about using.
0: Incredibly, yeah. yeah. And I can't over-communicate over the, the how or the, the massive effect developing a brand has on morale and bringing a sense of purpose back to a team. Um, if, especially if you involve as many people as you can within your company, even if you're only a team of three, and, and one of those is, a, is an intern or, or a, a part-time deck or whatever it might be, involve everyone. And it's a great sense of team building because people feel appreciated. Um, it helps with consistency and it helps everybody know, right, this is our messaging and this is the logo that we developed. This is the visual identity that we all agreed was going to work for us. It really brings, and it's, it's great fun, but it brings a great sense of camaraderie um, and, and almost purpose back to a business which sometimes is, is, is necessary. I know small businesses often come across tough times. And if, if, that, yeah. if the root of that tough time is, can maybe be kind of brought back to a brand, so you, you redevelop it and you refresh things, it can really help to, to bring people back to, together and almost give, it, give some momentum and think, right, we've got a great brand we've developed, now let's go. and yeah.
1: I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. So is that that's the complete visual side of it? At the end of that, you should have all the visuals and you would have come together as a team, you've agreed a visual representation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've probably oversimplified it there. As I say, it does take some time. Um and it it needs people to be really quite um available with their feedback, especially if you're using a designer or a consultant, someone who's developing it for you. You need to be allotting the time to give feedback because the more feedback you give and the more pointers you have and the, 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 the more you can steer that designer into creating exactly what you think will work, the quicker it will go and the happier you'll be with what you're left with at the end. But yes, essentially, at the end of that period of weeks, you will have refined down from a, from a set of concepts into a final visual identity. Fair
1: enough, fair enough. Okay, so you've got the visual identity. Tell us about implementation.
0: So, implementation is can probably this this is maybe too broad because it is marketing and PR and advertising all incorporated together at a very high level. But the third stage implementation is every single way your brand is portrayed full stop. So, everything that is produced, all of your materials, um, so your flyers, your business cards your exhibition materials and stands or banners, whatever you might have, um, your website, which is obviously a, a big task in itself that you often you, you may have to do yourself or you may uh, use a, a development agency or a single person to, to build. But um, having those brand guidelines, again, you give those to a web developer or a web designer, you'll know you know you're going to end up with something that looks consistent with everything you've just made. Sorry, I'm probably ma- making this sound more complicated than it is, but implementation is just every single thing your business creates um, or every single thing your stakeholders, your audience, are going to interact with. Sales decks, social media pages, uh, whatever it might be.
1: Okay. Everything you've done up to now is reference points to everything that is implemented. So yep. they, they don't exist in isolation.
0: No, no, exactly. Um, so So this really is a... Overall, the brand development is a is an operation in consistency. So you have the vocal messaging, which right we know how we need to sound, and we know the 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 text that we need to write on these leaflets, or we know how we need to communicate ourselves. You have the visual identity. Okay, we know what colours we need to use, the logo, where it goes, how things are going to look. Um, so you end up with everything that you create looks the same and is consistent in in vocal and visual representation. I know, especially for small businesses, where they might quickly head into Oh, I need to create some business cards they may just get their name on a a simple white card that that is flimsy or or doesn't necessarily look exceptionally appealing Um, your designer at the visual identity stage will say actually you could really easily really cheaply make them look like this and your whole team has them so you know that everybody if you three of you go to a show and you're all giving out a consistent business card, if people get two or three of them, they're going to know, oh, right, these guys are a professional outfit. They look, you know, the business, and, and I can immediately tell what their brand is, who they work for, what they do.
1: Yeah. So at the implementation stage, we were taking this and we put it out there. Where might we go wrong?
0: Um, when people go off book, it does happen, especially with with teams that are perhaps a little bit bigger if you have a i I don't want to single out salespeople, but they're often because of what they do and they're often really keen and they're driven by success and by numbers sometimes they do go off book and create their own own materials or personalize uh, some of the materials that are available to them they might use your uh, presentation template deck and kind of create their own slides that are all over the place, putting images here, different logos, different colours. That is definitely an opportunity and, and a real, one of the, the major chances for things to go wrong. And I'm not saying it's going to ruin your company, but if you have several different versions of your main sales presentation, that some have different messaging, different images might be using different colours and people kind of come across that, there's no way for you to ensure that, right, we know what's being Sent out. It, it's difficult to manage, and this is why there are people in companies called brand managers. But someone, even at a very small level, just has to ensure that you know what's being used and that it's being used correctly. It's a very difficult thing to manage, but it's doable if you just have some sort of oversight. And that's why things like Google Drive can really help because if you have access to a team drive and all of your materials are stored in one folder. Yeah. You as the owner or you as the marketing manager can ensure that everybody's using this SAP group of materials.
1: So it really is about you as the head of your company need to make sure maybe you're kind of acting as brand ambassador There is to actually making sure that everybody is on point with this and that as your team grows and maybe you've got a few people working in sales and a few people working in marketing, certainly the biggest yes. you know, challenge for bigger companies is to make sure that both your sales force and your marketing team are working in collaboration. Um, Absolutely. so because otherwise you're just going to water down all of the work that you've you've done up to now
0: absolutely and again it's so so common even even in the biggest the the most successful of companies how often you'll come across different materials or even different web pages or social media pages that are not even just uh personalized or altered to be representative of different departments or or even different markets that they look completely different and you could mis- easily mistake them for being two different companies it happens a lot and if anything it's probably easier at the sme stage to ensure because you might not be operating in many many different markets you might only have you might only be on just facebook and linkedin yeah um, it's it's essentially it should be easier to manage and make sure everything's consistent
1: sure sure Okay, so I want to ask you in a moment um, uh, about hiring somebody to work with you on your brand. Before we do, if somebody wanted to contact you and they're looking for you to do some work with them, how do they do that?
0: So the easiest way to, to contact me is through the website, which is www.mainsalegrp.com. So get through there. You can use the contact page or, if not, just email, email me directly, which is nick at mainsailgrp.com. And, and, yeah, I, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody that, that just wants some advice or, or potentially wants, needs, needs some help really solidifying or developing their brand.
1: What I'll do is I'll make sure that we put the link there on the show notes page if somebody wants to get hold of you, which I'm sure they will, and who wouldn't, and then uh, they can go and find you there. But tell us, Nick, if, if somebody's looking to find a designer, maybe like you, what questions should they be asking to get the right designer for them?
0: Obviously, experience is a big thing uh, and, and having a portfolio to, to demonstrate the creativity is, is huge. So you want to know that that designer has a, a spark and the ability to create something inviting and aesthetically pleasing. But really, and I'm always conscious of this and I, I want my clients to know that I will do my very best to understand their business. A designer isn't just someone that creates pretty things out of their head. A good designer, especially from a branding perspective, really needs to understand your business. If they have a a set design style that they only create um, exceptionally modern logos or exceptionally modern brands, if you're a 70-year-old soap maker that wants to really communicate that heritage uh, and your kind of your many years of experience in soap making and you want a brand that portrays that and is maybe a bit more rustic uh, and you, that's what you want to be known for a designer that only designs contemporary modern brands probably isn't going to be for you i'm not saying i'm perfect and would be able to do uh, accomplish every every single brief that i come across but most designers worth their salt will be able to adapt and and almost bring themselves that sort of level of empathy to understand what you're trying to communicate and what you're trying to get across that's the mark of a good designer
1: so the key there is finding somebody with some degree of flexibility that they've you know got experience in working with different types of but also i I pick up the thing that you said about they've got to have an interest in you and so if they're asking you loads of questions and you know they're showing a genuine interest in you that's a good
0: sign Yeah. Any designer that's happy to take an email, a single email with maybe a few paragraphs as a brief, unless that's all you can afford and they're willing to do it for for minimal, minimal money, I would say probably don't or at least get some ideas or talk to other designers that really want more. I always, always meet my clients because sitting in a room and having a face-to-face conversation with people is really the best way I feel to understand their challenges and know that what exactly what they want their brand to, to communicate.
1: What a top guy. That was Nick Crow of MainSail. I love that branding exercise that you spoke about. If you haven't done anything like that, then I recommend that you actually sit down and do that. Regardless whether you've got a brand now or not, sit down and do that branding exercise where you take a look at all the things that you want to associate with your company you make a list of those things and you also make a list of the things that you don't want your company to be associated with. And quite rightly, as Nick said there, there's probably going to be a few that float in the middle. But essentially, you really want to take the time to work out exactly what your brand is about. So if you create your brand right now, do it now. And if your brand has been about for a while, it's probably time that you revisited that. Next week, I've got another great guest for you. I'm going to leave that as a surprise right now because we've run long in this interview. It's my fault entirely. If you want to pick up the show notes today, pop along to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 30. The link is there if you want to get in touch with Nick. or if you want to continue the conversation, a couple of ways that you can do that, you can head over to the show notes page. Again, that's getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 30. And you can leave a comment or a voicemail if you like. And the other way is to pop over to my Facebook group, Earning the Riot. Just search it up on Earning the Riot or get the link from the show notes page. I would love to hear what you thought of the show. Nick's in the group as well so you can have a chat with him as well. That's it for now. Until next time, here's to you and your highly successful business.